sound waves too um okay no um no um as i've tried to pay attention more to florida politics it's just it's that's a terrible thing about the party line it's just if you're this you're this you believe in this this is because it's the party line or it's this group or it's this weird ideology it's overwhelming. So when you're talking specifically about gun stuff, like Democrats don't like guns, and a lot of Democrats in Florida politics, same thing. Like we're trying to ban the AR-15s, throwing around magazines, da 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 da. And Republicans, it's just the complete inverse. And those same Democrats are going to be like, "Yeah, I'm at least going to have security guards or people around me," or they probably own those AR-15s themselves, but they don't want you to own it because that's their political agenda. Isn't it the weird with the hypocrisy? But yeah, there, what was that one um, female politician that's that's advocating for defund the police? But you're talking about AOC? Because everybody hates AOC. <laughs> no, there's Screw another one AOC. that she's been pretty hard about the um, defund the police. But people were like, "Hey, but you hire armed security for your detail for wherever you go," and she's like, "Yeah, I need it, but I defund the police." Yeah, exactly. And it's like, do as I say, not as I do. It's like, I want, I don't want any of you guys to have guns, but I'm going to make sure that I'm protected, but I want to take away your constitutional rights because that's the agenda. Right. And screw the agenda. It's all horseshit. Hell yeah. I don't know. So, Yeah. So we'll talk about a lot of stuff that we talk, uh, we did on the range today. Um, let's talk a little bit about you. Oh, man. God damn. I knew it was going to come to this. So you're a prior active duty Marine, 0311. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior Marine, 0311, now stationed in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Well, hold on. So as an, as an infantry, so that's for all those pokes yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, Infantry, 0311. Again, all my 03 buddies are out here like, whoop, whoop, devil dog. Yeah. But after you served your first contract obligation, you got out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got out after four years, had like a year break in contract, and I made the worst decision of my life and joined the United States Army Reserves. Out of oh. all things, not the National Guard, not the Marine Reserves. I joined the Army Reserves. But what, brought, wanted... what brought you to joining the Marines in the first place? Hey, man, like, I just, I just wanted to go to war, to be honest with you. If you would ask my 17-year-old self, like, why oh, do you want to join the Marines? Hell yeah, I signed up at 17. If you would ask my 17-year-old self, like, why do you want to join the Marines? I would have been like, hell yeah, man, I just want to go shoot an ISIS fighter in the face. That's my goal. So, wanna... what year was this when you joined? 2014. I went to boot camp September of 2014. That's right when the ISIS That's like thing. three months after I graduated high school. That's right when the ISIS thing took started coming out. Because I remember it was right after I graduated high school. Not right after, but about a year. 
in 2014, it was just all of a sudden everything, you know, on the news, it's just sunshines and flowers. And then exactly. it's like ISIS is taking over. ISIS, 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 and, and ISIS, like ISIS, ISIS took over Mosul. ISIS took over. And then like, you know, all the Iraq veterans were like, what the fuck? This is all areas that we fought hard and, to take. And this is just a few years after we pulled out of Iraq because we pulled out of Iraq in 2011. And then this whole thing with ISIS and then everyone is co- coinciding the two, the two, right? That's coming out. Then that, that gave them the opportunity to breed. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's what exactly what happened. But I just remember this being this huge this huge thing on the news, and then, and then there we go. We're right back at, uh, right back at it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, bam, we're right back in, right back in Iraq. We're in Syria. We're in these troubled hot spots that you know we went in there at first to do this regime change. You know, let's talk about the goal of re- regime change real quick. Why do you think we went to Iraq in two thousand three? In two thousand three, yeah. Um, there's, I don't know. I, I, a lot of people make this speculation. So let's talk about what the narrative that was pushed out, right? So weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, WMDs. Saddam, Saddam is saying he's an evil dictator. He has WMDs and he's going to use them. Just exactly. the, the same narrative that they have for Iran right now. And that if we don't do something about this, then something, you know, bad things are going to happen. And there was this big push from the media, from George Bush. And then Congress debated on it and they voted on it. And they voted to invade Iraq. Then comes March of 2003, we invaded Iraq. It's roughly 21 days to take over Baghdad, and it was just kind of like this, this immediate trajectory, you know, victory. Like, we took over Baghdad. Like, we took, we dissolved the Baathist party. They're out. Now, it's kind of this rebuilding thing. But it's really funny, because, like, I think it was in 2004, 2005, despite the weapons of mass destruction stuff, even the administration... And all these intelligence agencies came out and said, like, these things, these things were not there. Yeah, exactly. There is no WMDs. Why are we here? And so that goes to, like, the real reason, like, why were we there? Then a lot of people claim, like, potentially, like, there's, there's oil profits and we had something to garner from that. I don't, I don't know exactly. But, yeah, I truly think, from my very limited scope of knowledge, because I'm still because I'm just a dumb ground at the end of the day, that the main reason that we invaded Iraq in 2003 was because we weren't doing that good in Afghanistan, and we let Osama bin Laden escape the border and go into Pakistan because we didn't feel like committing that many forces to there. And then we're like, okay, we need a new enemy. We need, we need like a big enemy. And then they were like, bam. Saddam take down Saddam because he's been giving us problems since freaking the 80s and that's why we went in the Gulf and then like you know that's why we had the whole no fly zone up until you know I don't I don't even know when I don't even know when the uh, no fly zone was broken down over over Iraq but yeah like you know it was it was a long time coming even like I think I read it somewhere like immediately after September 11th uh who was it? I think it was somebody that was like, okay, what, like, we need to find links between Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. And then, and then the head of the CIA at the time was like, there is no links between Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein. So they had to conjure up a story out of false intelligence to fabricate something that's not even there. 
Yeah, and it's really weird. Unfortunately, there's profiteering to go to war, but there's like this weird, and I'm kind of seeing a narr similar narrative now with Russia and Ukraine. Um, this Fox News and CNN, because they're kind of the two notable big ones. Um, you see reports, and it's very sympathetic to like the things that are going on in Ukraine, and people. It's emotional, and people, you know, civilians and the refugees, and people are dying, and there's collateral damage. And there's like this big push, and that's like some comments that I've seen on my Instagram page where people are like, "Well, we need to be doing something about this. Like, why aren't we doing more about this? Like, I understand why don't you want to help people? If that's the narrative you want to go, then pick a place around the like we'll be at war every day, yeah, exactly, forever. Exactly. We can't fight other people's battles, and people are now pushing us to like, oh yeah, we need to get more involved into Ukraine. It's like, no, if we get more involved into Ukraine, if we even establish like. Like, you know, you know the whole push about the no-fly zone. If we even establish that and one Russian jet gets shot down by a NATO jet or, or like, you know, vice versa, a Russian shoots down a NATO jet, that's pretty much war between NATO and Russia. Exactly. That's what it is. And even Putin said that it's an act of war and he's not wrong. But who's going to lead the front on that? The United States. Exactly. But the fact is, even if it's not, if it's a Polish jet or German jet, that if one of those planes goes down, then everyone else is going to get on board. But they, the fact that the thing is about enacting a no-fly zone is that you have to enforce it. And when someone violates it, then you have to execute force by adhering to the no-fly zone. And then, like, where does that lead? Yeah. Escalation. Yeah. yeah. One thing after another. Yeah, between the two, between the two countries with the most nuclear warheads. Yeah, exactly, world, exactly. Two, two countries, two global powerheads that has nukes out the ass are just going to start lobbing nukes at each other, and who is at the business ends of end of that? Everyday people that don't even most of them probably don't even know, like the whole history between between between. Is that even the fuck that's a new word? Between? But yeah, between the Russians and the Ukrainians, go, dating all the way back to freaking centuries ago. It's a, it, everything is not black and white. It has exactly. a very elaborate context. And I, I don't know, understand the whole history between Russia and Ukraine, but it goes exactly. back. Exactly. Just like, back. exactly. Just like Poland claiming that they want to get involved into the, um, they want to send a peacekeeping mission into Ukraine. And I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to do, but I'm guessing that means sending Polish troops. God damn it. That's what, that was a heavy burp. Are yeah. you good, man? You good? You getting a little bit of gassy over there? Yeah. You getting a little bit tipsy, man? Because uh, I know you don't drink that much. A little so. bit of drinky. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I don't know if that consists of the Poles sending actual troops into Ukraine. And once again, all it takes, people need to realize this, all it takes is one Polish soldier dying at the end of a Russian bullet or vice versa. I like the wording they use it, a peacekeeping mission. That's the same exactly. thing that Russia said. That is the of. same thing that Russians said, a and special military operation. And that's exactly the same narrative they're still pushing, and that's how they're pushing the country. Like, we're still conducting this special military operation. Yeah, exactly. You guys are a full-on war with another country. Yeah, and, exactly. And just to kind of go back to the United States' is involvement in it, which I think is zero, is that isn't there ever a time period like there, there's no genocide being taking place there's collateral damage taking place that's just war people don't understand exactly, that exactly and there, is there ever a time in the history where we can just, just think like we're just not getting involved in this exactly we don't have 
the necessity to get involved. It's just none of our business. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's an emotional thing. I took a picture today because I saw some, someone's sticker, big old sticker plastered in the back of their car with the Ukrainian flag. And it's like, I stand with Ukraine. And it's just like, it's just things are getting kind of weird, right? It's oh, just, yeah. it's emotional. Exactly. It's and very emotional. People are getting uppy about it. And I don't, I don't know. And, and the news, and the news is kind of, the mainstream news is kind of placating on that. Oh, yeah. Because really, they got nothing else to placate on because Trump, Trump is no longer in office. <laughs> exactly. They can't talk shit about Trump. Like, did you know what the president said today? Did you know what the president posted on Twitter? He's not on How Twitter dare anymore. he? How dare he says he 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 continues to be to belittle the American people by saying this to that. It's like, you know what, man, like y'all don't have a big enemy that, you know, y'all can just, you know, talk shit about 24 seven. So now the whole Ukraine thing popped off. It's like, OK, every single major new, news at, outlet is like. Okay, here's a new opportunity for our ratings to go up. Let's just hop on that. Isn't it funny how it goes from COVID to now? The yeah, exactly. Thing. Nobody really cares about COVID and anymore. The, COVID thing dropped. the memes are funny because it's just like pictures of Fauci and just kind of alone in a park somewhere by himself. Like, I'm not relevant anymore. Did you hear Fauci is talking about retiring? I've, I don't know. I read that somewhere online. I don't know if it's true or not, allegedly. I don't know, but I just heard some. Um, he gave a speech recently where he's like, because there's now a new variant. There's a new variant of COVID. It's called the Delta Cron, I think it is. I don't fucking care. And, I don't care about Omicron, Delta Cron, these nuts in your mouth, Cron. Like, I'm getting Delta tired Cron. of this shit. I haven't heard of her. I'm getting tired of this shit. I'm getting tired of... It's annoying. It's, it's just annoying, man. We dealt with this shit for the past two freaking years. I'm done. I'm done. But his he was giving a speech on one of the news outlets, and he was talking about Delta Cron. I think that's what it's called. And he was saying something along the lines that there's going to be a spike in cases and there could be a possibility for more lockdowns in the future. No. You imagine that lifestyle. No more lockdowns. No more lockdowns. That's the best thing I like about living in a state like Florida because I know DeSantis is going to be like, lockdown? Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, get, get fucked. Pig. You can go fuck yourself right in the asshole, Dr. Fauci. Isn't that we're interesting? Not down anymore. Isn't that interesting, interesting that he's been like the only outlier in the whole t- COVID lockdowns, but he gets a lot of he gets a lot of heat sometimes. Similarly to how Trump did. Yeah, exactly. And I think I don't know, it's speculation, right? But I think it's because they're concerned. There's a lot of speculation. I don't know if he's going to personally run, but I think he has some favorability in the Republican Party. Trump is obviously there. I don't know why it's only Trump, because I feel like there could be other people. But I think DeSantis is a decent second. But I don't know. I think that's true. Just, as far as popularity wise, because it seems like it's 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 either Trump, and it's probably only Trump, or possibly DeSantis. But DeSantis might just stay governor, and I think he should stay governor because I think he's doing fine as governor. Yeah, like, and the thing is about Trump, it's that like, it seems like there wasn't a, a real middle ground. It's like you either like Trump or you didn't, and if you displayed any sort of like. Uh, actions or just by the way you act to even like indicate that you like that that like you you, i'm jumping over my words right now but yeah like if you showed any thing that you were doing that would indicate to people that you were a trump supporter they they would instantly put you in that category of like trump supporter it's like what like yo i just i'm just i'm just saying something i'm just I, i just believe that 
Like, you know, you should be able to get a suppressor whenever you want to and not have to, you know, submit a tax stamp with the ATF. But it's I like, just, you're in this category. Like, if you supported Trump, if you voted for Trump, or if you're just like, hey, I know he said a bunch of weird shit, but I don't think he's, he's not that bad. Yeah, exactly. He has to, but your category is in this, like, this weird category of quote-unquote Trump supporter. Exactly. Which, quote-unquote, has been called as, like, white supremacist in some cases. Exactly. Racist, um, xenophobic. Because of the lockdowns, right? Exactly. Xenophobic. And, um, I don't know. It's crazy. Just, just, just the whole polarization of politics. But, yeah. I think that for 2024, it should be Tulsi Gabbard... I like Rand Paul and Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, and DeSantis. Tulsi Gabbard and DeSantis. Either one of those two needs to run for president. Did you see how she was called a, um, what's the word? She was uh, referred to as, as a, like a Russian. A treasonous. Yeah, yeah. She was accused of treason by Ripon, yeah. Mitt Romney this past couple of weeks. I'm sitting here thinking like, are you serious? Like, this is a woman that. She's in the fucking army. She's in the currently exactly like she's done way more for this country than a lot of people that are in politics right now. And that says something because the majority of people that are in politics, they just freaking write the rules. Right. And then like, you know, they've oh, I'm just done with people that have been in politics for their entire lives. That's the main thing that just irks me. It's like, damn, you have no idea how the world really is because you've been, you know, surrounded by by politicians your entire life your dad was a politician your brother's a politician like you don't know what it's like to be a working class like citizen of society and then you could tell those people that were like just regular people before they came politicians the problem is when you get into political class you become a you become something different that's and true like it's it's either the political slash elite class and when you're in politics that long, you don't know what it's like to be a normal, hardworking American that's working at the gas station, working in the military, working a nine to five, whatever. You're not a normal person, right? Exactly. You're not buying gas for your fucking car, probably not, because you probably have people driving you around. Exactly. Like, you're in a different lifestyle that's different from the average person. Exactly. And probably the, the push for term limits would be kind of a decent thing because maybe you get in for two, six, eight, ten, whatever it is, ten years, let's just say. Ten years is the cap hold. And then you go back to a normal life. But like you weren't really out of it that long. You're kind you're not like some you're not like Nancy Pelosi or even Joe Biden or some of these people. Joe Biden is he even is he even alive right now? Is he's, he even like he's had his pudding already? He's <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's sleeping right now. He's probably like it's eight thirty. You know, he's probably like you know eating a cone of ice cream or <laughs> or like you know sniffing on some little girl's hair like he's done in the past. You know, isn't that weird? Did you Just see all? Did stuff. you see all those videos during 2020 when um he's talking about like he's at this he's giving a speech. He's talking about his hairy legs, and he's in the pool, and he's talking about how kids are touching his hairy legs in the pool. It's weird, but I don't know. It's, it's just weird. weird, man. Like, and just hearing him talk, and it's like, damn, is this even a president? Because like he talks and he freaking drags his words more than I do. Did you it's see like, the State of the damn, Union, dude? I did not see the State of the Union, but I heard it was horrible. He sound it wasn't that bad, but he sounded like he was drunk. Just he probably was, was drunk. He was probably on. He's probably on a thousand meds just to stay, you know, alive. And isn't that called know. elder abuse at this point? I don't freaking know, man. 
but it's just the main thing that pisses me off that he's done so far that still irks me. Like to this day, this is the this was the catalyst of I hate this guy a lot. Not to the point where you know I'm gonna vote for the other person. Exactly. No, no, no. Gabbard seemed like a decent candidate. No, no. Wait. The main thing that Biden has done so far was when the 13 um, troops, uh, I believe, what it was, 12, 12 Marines, no, 11 Marines, one Navy, one one, Army. one Navy corpsman, and one Army guy. At Abbey when Gate, they, right? Yeah, yeah, at the Abbey Gate, at the, Cab, at the <clears throat> Kabul Airport in Afghanistan, which was a horrible way to leave a country. I'm not saying that we... We should have stayed in Afghanistan, but that was just a horrible extraction. But yeah, and there's a lot of information that's come out since then. Like, there was credible information. And I remember seeing the news yeah. reports, too. There was, like, I remember seeing it on the news reports that 24, 48 hours, there's evidence that there's potentially that's going to be an attack on the Kabul airport. And it wasn't even that. It was, like, the next yeah, exactly. morning that this thing happened. And then you find out the 13 service members died. And you're just like, I don't know. It seemed, it just... You can speculate all you want, but it seemed like people knew something about it and yeah, just didn't exactly. act on it. There was intel. There was actionable intel. And it was just nobody wanted to act on it because let's be real. Like, it's probably easy seeing that shit from the outside like we all do. But actually being on the ground, that shit was probably a fucking shit show, bro. There's a lot of videos. And it's really interesting with, like, phone cameras nowadays because there's people posting it, like, yeah. live, like... Just, just, just this mass people out there yeah. and people throwing babies. Yeah. Literally. People literally throwing their kids so that their kids wouldn't have to, like, you know, grow up under the Taliban. Like, imagine that level of desperation that your everyday entitled American citizen would never have to deal with because they were born here. Like, just imagine how lucky we are just to be born in this country where we really don't have to worry about walking down the street and stepping on a freaking IED or catching a 762 to the throat and dying. Like, or that way at least we have running water. Exactly. Because in those countries, everything is bottled or canned because exactly. you don't have running water out there. Exactly. But freaking, I mean, it's not perfect here. But going back to the main point, because I know we keep drifting off. But yeah, um, the main thing that pissed me off was when they were unloading the uh their bodies out of the aircraft biden checked his watch oh and i'm like yeah, that shit yeah. irked me because it's like wow motherfucker you're the person that sent these people over there and they fucking died and they lost their fucking life and you can't at least sit there because you could tell he did he didn't give a fuck he didn't give a fuck. By checking your fucking watch, you clearly don't care. That's not the primary thing. It You don't care that you sent kids that were like two, three, like probably not even born yet when September 11th happened to this shit show of a fucking withdrawal. I think the oldest person that died there was like 29 or 30. Exactly. Like they were all kids when we first started the freaking war. Back and, in 2001. Yeah, I remember seeing that video, and there, there. I mean, video, there was videos, and there was clips, and there was whole, there was a whole video where he's continuously like checking his watch during the whole time as they're bringing the bodies out from the yeah, C-130, exactly. and it's like, like he has pressing matters to go to. Just I, you know, there's something more important that I need to deal with today. I don't have time to you know care about these. How, how much you want to bet that he didn't even like contact any of their parents? 
Because I know Trump's actually done that, actually. I know he's contacted parents of people that have died. Like, he, someone is it's like, I don't care how much you talk shit about fucking Trump. He actually cared about our fucking servicemen. Unlike fucking Joe Biden. That doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. It's, 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 it's wild. I feel like all of that could have been probably avoided. Um, and then, then, then they went to do the retaliation, right? To, to do that drone strike on the guy, but they killed citizens. Yeah, exactly. They killed citizens because they were just, I heard, once again, allegedly, because don't take anything I say as fact, do your own research, okay? I'm just spouting shit out of my ass that I hear from other people most of the time. I heard that, damn, I lost track. Of, I, I literally lost, lost track of thought right now. Okay. But I heard that they were just using single source intelligence. Like they didn't like all they had was a drone feed and it's like, okay, this is this is what it looked like that the guy came from. So it's like, bam, let's get this house. Let's just, drone feed this house. It seemed like it was like a hasty decision, right? Yeah, a very hasty decision. A quick a quick trigger pull. Like we needed retribution right now. So here's our retribution. Yeah. And then now look at us getting involved in this stuff. And it seems like the administration is very short to obviously getting involved. Because Afghanistan, um, Taliban, Al Qaeda, ISIS is very different from the Russian military as a whole. Exactly. We need we need a war. That's the thing. We need a war. We need something that we're involved in, even if it ultimately comes to the detriment of the American people. We need an enemy. That's the thing. At the end of the day, we can never be completely at peace. Like there's always something going on in the world, man. Yeah, it's, it's baffling. I don't, I don't get why it's like that because yeah. they, they they i don't know why they want to deem russia as such like this this enemy when i think china is more the enemy it's not like i want to say like they're an enemy we need to go to war but china's the actual threat yeah apparently i heard once again allegedly that allegedly. yeah you know i gotta make sure that i say that i can't just you know start spouting shit and saying it's fact because someone's gonna be like uh that uh well uh i know you said this but it's actually this to the two dedicated exactly. followers to the two people that actually <laughs> listen to this podcast. But hey, it's all good. Y'all are, y'all are amazing people taking time out of your day to listen to uh, me and Stan over here talk. Just talk nonsense. Just talking nonsense. Talking out of our ass most of the time. But apparently, allegedly, um, China planned on invading Taiwan in the fall of this year. But they saw how the world reacted to Russia invading Ukraine, and then they're like, you know what? Let's not do this. Yeah, it's probably not in their best interest. I don't. I think because I feel like the United States probably get more heavily involved with that as opposed to what we're doing right now. I mean, look what we're doing right now. But I think the international community probably would come out of retaliation. But I don't know. China, China is a bigger bully, and that's even if they do do that, I think some people be like, hey, don't do that. But yeah, exactly. you know, like, are we gonna really commit to it? Like, I don't know. Um, did you see that they deployed a bunch of a couple thousand Marines to Australia because of Chinese threats? I did not hear about that. I don't know the full context of it, but I know. I, I mean, we've I, been doing operations in Australia like forever. I mean, it could be some. It could be maybe something taken out of context. But I mean, like this. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's an ally that we do military drills exactly. and operations with. I mean, so it's, it's not that weird. I mean, it could be just a normal routine thing. But I know China's like this. This big thing and. If they do invade, I don't know what that looks like, and and maybe I and I think they're looking at this as a lesson, and maybe like, hmm, like what what can we do? What can we do? 
the, the Chinese are patient, man. They play long-term games. Yeah, like, they just, you know, we look at things every four years. Every four years, they look at things every freaking <laughs> every couple decades. You know, they put they've they've got plans for pretty far out. And then you know, that's something that we gotta take. Like, hey, we need to start looking. Like even like even I make this mistake all the freaking time. Like I tend to like okay, let me not worry about that thing until later because I don't have to worry about it right now. So. I'll just focus on what I got to do today. And it's a good way to get through life, but at some point you have to deal with the stuff that you put off later. So I think definitely China has that going for them. But yeah, they definitely look at how we reacted, how the world reacted to Russia invading Ukraine. And they were like, okay, um, let's rethink our approach with Taiwan because we pretty much like screwed Russia financially, not just Putin, Every freaking rich fucking billionaire got their fucking yacht seized and their assets seized all over Europe, all over whatever they were doing here in the States. And like, even them, they're like, what the hell? Like, you know, we're not even involved in this, but hey man, like, hey, you're Russian. <laughs> That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like the sanctions are sanctions. It's just the way they are. The world wants their, wants their, wants their, you know, slice of flesh. So... Yeah, it's it crazy it just how the, the just the world's been watching. And yeah, who knows? If they did that too, then they probably get a lot of backlash too. And who knows how well it'll work out for them. So they're they're taking notes and, and they're try, they're looking at this from a lessons learned perspective. And mm-hmm. we'll see where they go with this. So I'm, I'm, I say that Putin's biggest mistake was invading Ukraine in the age of cancel culture. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That's the biggest mistake that Wait, he did. Wait, he said he wanted to get rid of he white supremacy. <laughs> so that's the that's that's perfect, is it not? No, no. Because once <laughs> you again, you have white supremacy in the Ukraine government. Barely, even though that was like part of his justification, was like, oh yeah, we need to denazify Ukraine, even though the only really the only part of Ukraine that's like neo-Nazi is this small fucking group. It's a small national it's a guard. Small segment national in guard the segment. In once again, he's defined the fact that the Ukrainian president is jewish yep his family died during the holocaust remember exactly. his family died during the actual holocaust exactly so that comes down to it your argument doesn't have any merit yeah like okay i was actually um i posted this on my instagram story but then um i was listening to jack carr's true believer check out that book it's really good any <laughs> any book from the jack carr series is awesome and then they were talking about Russia invading Ukraine. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's basically a land grab to save a dying empire because Russia's mortality rate is the sh- is just shit and people don't live that long and just life there just overall sucks. Because once again, Putin is a authoritarian dictator and like yeah. whatever he says goes and he's unelected. Um, that's very interesting that um, I was listening to Joe Rogan and Patrick Bet David, pretty good podcast I like to listen to. But they had Mike Baker, who's a former CIA guy, and he was talking about how Putin it's like this long term goal similar to the Chinese and how they're trying to kinda of, they're kinda of trying to rebuild like their, their quote unquote empire, right? But like kind of rebuild to like the days of the Cold War and the Soviet Union. And Putin claims that the greatest what was it? The greatest um, um, tragedy. The greatest tragedy that ever happened in the history of Russia 
was, was the downfall the, was the dissolution of the Soviet Union. That's yeah, what he said. Right. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he has. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to rebuild some of those. Yeah, exactly. He wants to bring Ukraine back into the fold. Once again, he sees NATO. Like, thing is, like, he got really pissed when Estonia and Latvia joined NATO. I know that really irked him. And then now that all these other countries wants to join, want, want to join NATO, he's like, oh shit! Like, I don't want to have another NATO country on my borders. Especially another one that we're always having problems with. Because let's be real, I think that even if Ukraine was to join NATO, they would still be having border disputes with Russia. There would still be a breakaway region in the freaking east that's trying to fold into Russia, even though they're pretty much Russians. Let's be real now. Like, that's Russian mercenaries. I don't think it was. Well, there might be a, a small population in Ukraine that wants to get into the fold with Russia, but. Yeah, like, um, there would still be issues, even if Ukraine was to join NATO, and they would just be able to invoke Article 5 and World War Three. So, Yeah, I think pretty much Ukraine is unstable to a point where it's just like, yeah, sorry, fam, we can't deal with you right now. Honestly, Tulsi Gabbard had a point. She was like, yo, we, sh- we should have just told Ukraine not to join NATO. But, once again, Anthony Blinken... Probably at the, you know, probably told, been told by Trump, not Trump, god damn it, no, <laughs> I think this fucking whiskey's getting to me, but Anthony Blinken, <laughs> t- probably at the behest of President Biden. Black and whiskey Metallica. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically gave Ukraine the green light, like, hey, whatever country wants to join NATO, we'll let them. It's like, no, motherfucker. They are always having issues. They've been they've been literally at war since 2014, and yeah. there are two portions of their country that's basically saying, "Hey, we're not we're we're not a part of Ukraine. Yeah, are we there's... really gonna let this unstable country join NATO? Like, let them get their shit together first, and then maybe we could bring it back to the or at least for now, just be like, no, Ukraine, you can't join NATO. This is the problem I have with like." war treaties and pacts and things like that, like NATO or the United Nations, where I just feel like it's just, it's just, I don't think we, I don't think the United States should be a part of it because it's like this weird thing because the bigger as it gets, the problems become bigger, right? Exactly. One country's involved, then if someone wants to have some involvement with another country, then maybe they start getting engaged with one another, then Article 5, then, then like, oh, fuck, like, attack on one's attack on all. So, I mean, exactly. it's, just, it's just weird. Like, that was, like, the biggest thing that got into World War One was all these, these secret treaties going on. And then once one country decided, hey, we declare war against you, like, okay, cool. We have, okay, cool. We have three, four people on each side. And then obviously, this was, like, early 20th century. The United States, or Britain still had empires. So, like, India, there's other countries involved. Like, it just become, when two countries went to war with another, one another, then it became this bigger conflict than no one really realized at the time. And I just think the problem with these treaties, like, I just don't think you need to have a treaty. I think we have a pretty good working relationship with places like Japan, Australia, Germany, Canada, United Kingdom. You don't need to have a treaty to, if, if someone invades United Kingdom, like, I feel like we would definitely send fucking ships. Oh, fuck yeah. Planes over we, there. Would, we would be like, we got um, your back. no. <laughs> Which is so happen. weird, man. I still find it weird how like we're now really close with the UK, even though we literally <laughs> fought a fucking war. We with fought them. two wars. We fought two wars with them 
a fucking couple centuries ago, and now we're like, yeah, man, we're best pals now, bud. What's up? Yeah, no, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it's it so yeah, fucking weird, dude. A whole revolution where they considered us as just like rebellious rebels. They pretty much saw us the same way that we see the Taliban and Al Qaeda <laughs> and ISIS right fucking now, and little. now we're best buds with them. Like, just just let that thought simmer in your head real quick. Like, imagine that. Like, you know. That just makes me wonder, like, a couple centuries from now, are we going to be, like, best buds with fucking people that are in Al-Qaeda or fucking ISIS? I don't know, man. I don't know. Are we get money to the Taliban now. For real, we're getting... Oh, yeah, we are yeah. giving money to the Taliban so yeah. they can repair their government and shit. And fight ISIS, because now ISIS is the bigger threat. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, ISIS is against the Taliban since, you know, they don't see the Taliban as, you know, um, the Taliban... They don't want to be jihadists. And that's where a lot of confusion is at because people really think that the Taliban could threaten our sovereignty when they really can't. It's like they just want to chill in Afghanistan. And even though they're doing really fucked up shit to their people, they're doing really fucked up shit to their people. Um, they just kind of want to just do their own thing. And it's just the ooh, the extremes like... Like ISIS or Daesh, whatever the fuck they want to be called yeah. in a day of the week. And that want this global caliphate that they want the entire world to be, you know, freaking is to, to be like, you know, the same way they are. No, it's not how it's going to be, fam. We will hunt you down to the corners of the earth and we will kill you. It's fucking wild, all of it and everything. So I don't, I don't know. Where does it go? It just seems like this never ending trend. Uh, one day something we work with we just pick a new enemy every so often we work with certain people and then I mean we we do this all the time like we're the Mujahideen we fund the Mujahideen to fight the Soviets yeah exactly back in what the did, 80s what came out of the Mujahideen Osama Bin Laden Osama Bin Laden Al Qaeda Taliban and all these different things and just because we think ISIS is the bigger threat then it's like okay well, we, we'll, we'll work with the people we've been at war with the last 20 years a lot of people don't even know why Osama Bin Laden you know uh, conducted the attacks on 9-11 I implore people to do their research and look up why Osama bin Laden hated the West. Yeah. They will be honestly surprised. And part of you might even, might even, once again, FBI, I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> but part of you might even Fed be boys. like, you know what? There might be a small part of me that kind of understands where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, fuck you, motherfucker. You want to take down two towers and kill 3,000 Americans? We will hunt you down to a fucking compound in the middle of Pakistan. Don't don't matter where you are, and come shoot you in the fucking face for being a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. But yeah, like people need to do their research. People need to understand why things happen in the world because there's always there's always a reason to start a war. You know, whether it's false pretenses like Iraq and currently Ukraine. Or actually legit pre pretenses like the war in Afghanistan and, you know, let's go back again. World War Two, obviously. But, yeah, there's always, like, you need to do your research and understand. Like, if we don't learn from history, history repeats itself, obviously. Yeah, it's got yeah. a rhythm because it, it, it definitely does. It definitely does. It has a rhythm and things generally repeat itself. And, obviously, it doesn't seem like people learn from it. So, 
I don't know. Where does this go with everything? Where does this go? Well, I guess we can go back to the um, my introduction since we kind of trailed off from me joining boot camp <laughs> to fucking now talking about all this other shit that we've been talking about for the last 30 minutes. So you joined the Marines. Why the Marines? Hey, man. First to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so fly, brother. Till Valhalla. So you joined the Marines, right? 2014. ISIS. Want to yeah, kill bad people. ISIS. I want to kill bad people. And I ended up in um, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Ooh. For my, you know, K-Bay brothers out there. It's not too bad living in Hawaii. How it close is that to Pearl Harbor? It's like 25 minutes like north of Pearl Harbor. Have you ever seen the island of Oahu uh, no, on a I, map? I never, no, uh, yeah. Yeah, that little peninsula in the northeast corner of the island, that entire little peninsula is Marine Corps Base Hawaii. Okay. Interesting. And anybody that wants to say it's OPSEC, motherfucker, go on Google Maps and Google put up MCBH, and you'll see the entire peninsula. So it's not OPSEC. OPSEC, Operational Security Operational bitches. Security, guys. You see that one um, thing that happened in Ukraine? Apparently some guy posted a picture of him at a school him and him and like a uh he's in the ukrainian army and he posted a picture of him at a school with all of his buddies that are also in the same unit as him and he geotagged it like a dumbass oh wow and when you're, when you're at war bombed. at war just trying to get some social media clout and his school got bombed so that's why we have opsec guys like i know i freaking i know i broke opsec a couple times when i was in but at the same time we weren't in an active war so yeah, but yeah, uh, Jordan lights. Marines, I was stationed in Kaneohe Bay, um, I've deployed, I didn't deploy in any war zone, surprisingly, because, you know, I was stationed in fucking Hawaii. In so primary. what's the big unit that you're a part of, 1st or 2nd Marines? 1st Marines, 1st, 1st, well no, not 1st Marines, 1st Marines is fucking Pendleton, you dumbass, goddamn. 3rd <laughs> Marine Regiment, 3rd Marine Regiment is stationed in um hawaii and okinawa but yeah i was in first battalion third marines and yeah my my, my prior my primary job was 0311 rifleman and then uh deployed to infantry, infantry brother 0311 03 gang but yeah <laughs> uh terminal lance because i got out of lance corporal so for you for all y'all real ones out there the e3s hell yeah um I've deployed mainly to the Pacific area, Japan, Korea, Singapore, Indonesia, the Philippines. You know, training. I've trained with um, Indonesians. I've trained with Singapore guys. The Singapore guys are pretty cool. Like, it's crazy, man. Singapore is a very beautiful country. Did you know it's just one city? It's just one city? The, the entire country is just a city. It's just one giant city at the bottom of Malaysia. Interesting. Is this small little country called city? Yeah, it's it's actually called a city state. I learned that. I didn't even know city states existed. Yeah, what is this like the Greek era? Apparently, man, it's crazy. Like I was like, damn, this entire city is just one country. Everybody was like, yeah, this is just this is this is literally it. It's weird. And yeah. Also, it's pretty cool. Singapore has a has a conscription, so everybody needs to serve in the military. You can definitely tell who the conscripts are. The same thing with Korea. You could tell who the conscripts are just by the way they act. They're like, I really don't want to fucking be here, but I'm just doing my duty. Which, then yeah, I honestly think that 
we should have a conscription part of me thinks that because uh, people would be definitely acting way different than they act right now if they had to do at least at least a year or two in the military um i forgot who supported this but um somebody i think it was andy some i'm not sure don't quote me but you uh they don't support a a conscription but like at least a civil service doing yep. something doing some service for something other than yourself but yeah yeah it's it's yeah you gotta do something be part of something that's bigger than yourself and then that gets you out of your community and then gets you some social uh, uh just um introduction in the social life other cultures outside your city outside your state even outside your country and then learn more about the world and just kind of have an idea how other things are because the world that you know it is not like things are different everywhere and me going to places like iraq and syria like it's just it's just different when you see where you look at how people live in other countries and how you live here and we live here very... how was iraq man i'm like you know you never really talk about iraq that much. How, how was iraq how was how was you know but i know you were probably a father you probably never left the father i mean for the, i mean no we, we would go outside the wire quite a you few times to go on yeah, to go on missions to I syria outside the wire bro I, got shot at, like, fucking... I didn't even carry a gun. i never <laughs> carried a gun every time i went just so everyone knows i'm an mp so not supposed to carry guns when i have hands on detainees um <laughs> No, Iraq was cool. I mean, it was it was very, uh, yeah, it was a father for the most part. It was very luxurious for the most part. And wait, 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 wait. When did you go to Iraq? Uh, March to November 2018, during Operation Inherent Resolve. Oh, guys. Hey, didn't we leave Iraq in 2011? Yeah, right. All right. Well, then the initial still there in 2018. Exactly. Still there right now. But yeah, but yeah, as you were saying. Yeah, it was very interesting because I just remember I was um, I remember seeing the email going through it. I was working inside the United States Disciplinary Barracks in Fort Leavenworth, and then an email was going around, and then I was in the I was in the booth with my squad leader, and I was his soldier working with him, and then um, there was an email that went out by the platoon sergeants, and they're like, "Hey, these individuals need to go speak with the first sergeant on Monday," and it was my name on there, and I was like. Oh shit! And then the first thing someone else said was, "You're probably going on deployment." And I was just like, "What? Like, whatever." So I remember having a meeting with my platoon sergeant and my first sergeant, and they're like, "Hey, there's this mission going on in Iraq. They're building a detention facility right now. You guys will probably be hands on building that. Do you want to go do this?" And we're just like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" And so we had to do a follow up meeting. So we were, we went to brigade the next week and there were some members from the special operations community from Fort Benning that came and flew out here, out there to meet with us. Some of them apparent, they were in civilians. It was very weird. So they were in civilians. One of them was a psychologist and then another one was apparently like this quote unquote undercover first sergeant. We had to go through these different interviews and there was a room of like 60 people. I remember walking in like, Oh fuck, there's a bunch of people in here. And it was a vetting process. I had to take a psychological exam similar to what cops take. Mm, okay. So that's several hundred question test, which is generally like four to five hundred questions, I believe. Did you ever do that during your hiring process? Your yeah, right yeah, yeah. I've done a, they call it an MMPI, a um, something, some, something freaking it's personality, like this, something. Right, right. But yeah, it's basically a 400 question exam. Like, oh yeah, like, do you hear uh, voices in your head? Do you like uh, sharp objects? Yeah, exactly. Have you ever like, thought about hurting somebody? Uh, have you ever thought about hurting yourself? Um, does this make you feel a certain type of way? And then it's like, oh man, like 
It's like several hundred questions. It's like, bro, at the end of this, I might feel like hurting myself because this is <laughs> fucking stupid. It's weird. But I get it. It serves its purpose to... It's um, weird because I don't know how they, they grade it or assess the results of it. I don't, I don't know wh- how, who looks at it and de- de- determines whether it's good or bad. But I remember taking, and they told us, like, you should be thankful because this is a condensed version. It's like 340 questions. Like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Just fucking 60 less questions. That's so awesome, bro. You go through that, a bunch of weird questions, and some of them repeat themselves in different ways to kind of catch up your, like, line on things. And then there was, like, a, a packet of information. Do you subject to a, um, to a, a polygraph? Different things. If you had speeding tickets, it was really funny. If you had more than three speeding tickets, you were not allowed to go on this deployment. Are you serious? More than three speeding tickets. Makes ticket. no sense. Were you driving? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess. What do you mean driving? Driving a Humvee. No, 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 no. So what the fuck's the point? Um, the, the, Their assessment was that because it was with the special operations community that they didn't want anyone with high-risk behavior going on this mission because it was a different community, a different mindset, and they wanted people with this certain mindset to be on this mission. That was good, not going to fuck things up, essentially. Okay. Well, then I guess, but... That's how they briefed it to us. You got a lot of people that I was lucky. Multiple, I had three speeding tickets at a time. Three speeding tickets on the dots. <laughs> So I was good. And so I get through the, I get through the psychological exam and um, the interview, which was just very weird because it's like very weird how they ask you questions. And they're just like, so like, how do you deal with stress? And like, I don't know. Like I, um, the real answer was, yeah, I drink a lot, but you're not going to tell them that. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. Like I play video games, I go work out. And they're like, oh, really? Like you don't do anything to deal with like they're trying to induce like bad yeah, answers yeah, exactly. right out of you exactly, exactly. you don't do anything what do you mean by do anything like no and i remember they, it was similar it was like that question they were harping on it and i was like back and forth and i remember walking out like oh, i fucked that up and i had to have an interview with like this what they called the undercover first they were saying that he was a first sergeant but he was a civilian i don't know the answer to that undercover had, first sergeant that sounds like some fucking basic training that drill sergeant like basic so. drill sergeant bullshit and then I remember having an interview with them, and then they're just like, so what do you know about this? Like, you're not going to talk about things. Like, it was like weird stuff. I remember going home the other day, and I'm chilling, and I got a call from what was going to be my platoon sergeant out there, and they're like, hey, congratulations, you're going to deployment. Hangs up on the phone. I was just like, all right. Oh, hell yeah, brother. Two months later, I leave, go to Fort Bliss for a week, and then we go to Germany, and then we went to Kuwait, and then we went to Baghdad, and Baghdad to the Erbil area of Iraq. Um wasn't in our bill, but it was somewhere around there that we were operating out of. Just hung out, ran a detention facility, similar to the training that you've seen and been a part of. Um, it was, yeah, pretty much that. It was just running a detention facility of ISIS prisoners coming from Syria. And then they're very, all pretty all, all often, we would rotate. Um, just, we would go into Syria, we'd pick people up, either they would... It was some. It was weird because sometimes they would go on an active mission to pick people up, and we would kind of go out there with them, but like in a different location where they were just waiting for them to fuck shit up and pick people up. Oh fuck yeah! And then we would then do like this hand to hand transfer, which is weird because most of the time they would go fuck people up, and we would watch the mission live, which is cool. Oh hell yeah! And then they would just come bring them to us. I don't understand why they did that sometimes. And then sometimes we would go drop them off in and around the point of capture. That was it, really, and. Um, to kind of put it in perspective, March to November 2018, this was really 2018 was a big push to fight and kill ISIS. Not really by the United States. The United States did a lot of air cover. Air cover, but it was mainly the Iraqis. Yeah, the, Iraqis the Kurdish forces. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kurds, honestly, if it wasn't for the fucking Kurds, bro, they would have fucking. They were doing lost. all the heavy lifting. They were, the Kurds have been busting ass in Iraq for a fucking decade. Shout out to the Kurds. 
Yeah, and, and full I, disclosure, yeah. like this is I was in the Kurdistan region of Iraq, so I mean like that's yeah. the people we were working with, and exactly. then the people we were working with in Syria, the SDF, the Syrian Defense was it the Syrian Defense Forces, the Kurdish, the Kurdish elements in Syria. Um we were working with them, they were working with detention camps out there, and we we would work with them to get to to acquire people or return people back over. And then um what was I saying? But um yeah, How is it like looking an ISIS fighter in the face and having that motherfucker be like, I want to kill you? They're a bunch of pussies. Infidel. I don't For know. For real? I feel like most of the hardcore ISIS guys, like the do or die guys, literally I think died we that night. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we kill all the hardcore guys and we take all the guys that are like, I just kind of don't want to be here, man. Like, you know, this guy came up to me and he said that, you know, I can be, I can do something, I can do something with my life instead of, you know, be a victim and... Yeah, yeah, for the most part, those guys that are like hardcore do or die literally yeah, died those they nights. Died. And they then met at the end of a, a business end of a fucking five five six or and most whatever. of the people that we dealt with were like financiers, like they, they dealt with like some money or funding with ISIS was a very elaborate and well organized element because they had people smuggling units, they had recruiting elements, they had the fighters, they had people that were charged with money, they had people charged with this information like they they were very organized and we i kind of saw a lot of that because you know as you, you you're dealing with the 35 bikes or their army intelligence intelligence gatherers that are interviewing these people so, or quote-unquote interrogating people to extract information and then like you're talking with these people you're like who's this dude and, and we would we receive intelligence reports too on people and reading it every day and then then you know like this person did this like he handles money or whatever he knows a lot of information or a lot of times they bring these people's families in too like sometimes you have pregnant wives coming in and children and that that happened very few times but we would we would get people and they were like yeah this dude's like 16 and they would they would generally get rid of them very quickly because there's weird yeah, stuff exactly that's a kid that's a it's kid weird. people need to remember like kids are very impressionable that's why you know that's why you know you got kids because you know they would literally strap freaking suicide vest on kids and yeah. tell them to hey go walk over there or hey go pick up this rp like i, I hate to bring up movies because i think I american, hate sniper. american sniper yeah. with the fucking with the kid <laughs> in that grenade yeah, right the, the kid that fucking picks up the grenade and gets shot but once again that kid probably didn't know what the fuck he was doing you know that was just some that was just some kid you know that could be the, that's the same kid that's you know I wouldn't say the same because obviously they're born through different areas, but that's the same kid that's running down the road, you know, on the freaking running down the sidewalk, playing, play, just playing around, you know, just doing regular kid stuff. He's just born in a different situation. He's born in a different. Yeah, um, and he has a certain perspective, right? And I think uh, exactly. Robert O'Neill was saying this about the guy who shot up Bin Laden, who he's talking about. Allegedly. How, right. <laughs> and I feel like there's overwhelming. I feel like there's, I feel like it's not bullshit but he was talking about how when he allegedly killed osama bin laden and then how he went up to his kids and he was just kind of explained to them and like they don't speak english so he doesn't know what he's talking about how he was just kind of like you guys have no idea why i killed this man but now you've gained an enemy based on the actions that you've seen mm-hmm. quote whatever mixing his words up but it's just like based on what they seen when this when we bomb someone or we should we we in the u.s forces go down this village 
and we take people out and the kids, they, all they see is what they see and they don't know the, the whole context of the whole situation, whether right or wrong. And then they see that American flag and now that's the enemy. Exactly. That's how we're breeding the enemy. Exactly. What, what's, that, uh, what's that statistic saying? Every dead insurgent, you get like 11 more. Right. You create 11 more. Yeah. But yeah, like, that's the thing. We fail to look at it from the enemy's perspective. Yeah, we need to look at yeah. it from perspectives other than our own. Like, imagine being in the exactly. Imagine being in that bedroom where all you see is these fucking these fucking heavy tattooed Navy SEALs, six four jack dudes, just big ass dudes, MP sevens, HK four sixteens, and GP NVGs night goggles, just coming in and fucking shooting your dad in the fucking face because he's a fucking shitbag. And they don't know why. And they don't know why. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why he just got shot in the face. But now I hate Americans because they're the ones that shot him in the face. Yep. And now they breed a whole generation of fighters that are willing to fight or die. And yeah, for the most part, like what I deal with, I didn't deal with a lot of those people that are hardcore fighters. I remember there was one dude we got in. That it did engage with U.S. forces that night of the mission, and then he came in, and then the interrogators—they're—they're they're funny because they're just like this dude's scary because like he's a hardcore fighter. Yeah. And I don't know, like when they're in that situation, they've lost all control and they have no control of what, whatever. Like we are in control. Like they're just—they've accepted it for the most part. Most of these guys would come in crying and shivering, literally crying, because they thought like we we're gonna beat them and torture them, like. They had, yeah, no exactly. idea. they had no idea. They got bombed and shot at and blindfolded over them, zip tied, and then came to yeah, exactly. They, they thought no they thought that the Iraqis got them because if the Iraqis got them, the Iraqis is gonna fucking torture them and then shoot them in the face. Well, funny story. No. Generally, by the time we've got all the information from them, we hand over to the Iraqi government and then <laughs> and they died. The most, and then the Iraqi <laughs> government had a very hard stance against them because they were just they just like consider them guilty yeah exactly and they would off them exactly you're just gonna get you're just gonna meet an end of the of a firing squad these guys would find out that hey we're, we're gonna transport you now and you're going to the iraqi government and they would freak out they would cry all these different things because they knew bad things were coming exactly or exactly. maybe they could get you know bribe someone out but for the most part like they bad they go to are- any government that's allied with us in that area and they're like oh fuck no send me to Send me to fucking I don't know ADX Florence, the same fucking prison that's all the that all the fucking terrorists are in. Because yeah. they would much rather be there than fucking you know getting tortured, you know. Yeah, but cool. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty controversial. Living your entire life in a supermax prison, I yeah. think I'd rather be dead to be honest with you. But you know, I, that's I, just my opinion. I couldn't live the lifestyle. I did it for three years, technically. Where working as a guard at Leavenworth. Yeah. Oh fuck that, dude. Like you just go there every day, and then you're just sitting there for eight, nine, ten hours a day, and then you're just like, fuck this. At least I get to go home the other day. But yeah, 2018 was very interesting because that was the big push to eradicate ISIS, and then in September, right before we left, they had the Merv Offensive, it was just this big final push from Syria is west of Iraq, so this big push west going east of Syria going west to push and eradicate ISIS. And yeah, the Kurds were doing all the hefty lifting and we were doing all the ISR drones and then we were bombing and then, yeah, like ISIS was almost eradicated at that point. And then I came back November 2018 and then that was it really. Oh um, yeah, bro. You did more on that deployment than I did on my fucking two deployments to fucking 
Okinawa, Japan. Where did you drink the snake's blood or whatever it was? Where did I drink Talk the snake about blood? that and why Marines like doing that. Snake blood. Uh, <laughs> that was in Indonesia on my second deployment. We were working with the Indonesian Marines, the Kormar, as you say. And it was, oh man. Have you seen the video of um, those soldiers and they're crawling through mud and yeah. they're getting shot at at the sea? That's what these guys do. We literally saw the area where they do it at. They literally, imagine that. Imagine that. I want every single fucking, imagine if that shit happened here in the U.S. Because I know we used to do that. I think we used to do like live fire training. We used to shoot rounds over recruits' heads while they were crawling under barbed wire. And I know that ended, obviously, because there's a lot of fucking <laughs> operational risk, risk management in that because yeah. somebody might get shot like in fucking Jarhead. It's called a high-risk assessment. Folks. Exactly. But yeah, that's what they literally do in a lot of other countries. They crawl through mud and they get shot at within inches of their body. Crazy. And that is honestly really stupid. But yeah, that's what they do over there. Uh, trade with the Kormar. These guys are these guys are pretty these guys are pretty cool. You know, they're pretty cool people. They're pretty freaking crazy. I remember uh, one night I was doing Firewatch, and I was fucking any but any fucking Marine grunt that's done that's done Firewatch in the middle of the field will relate to that. You're halfway through your post, and all you're thinking about is fucking racking out. As soon as your sleeps, as soon as your fucking shift is done. I have never fell asleep faster in my life than right off of a fire watch. And what sucks more is if you got to wake up in another hour. But you're going to take that hour of sleep because you take sleep where you can in the infantry. Freaking. And right in the middle of that hour, it's just like TNT. These guys don't use RD Sims. They don't use fucking any. They use live fucking demolitions to simulate ambushes. Wow. So literally, I'm in the middle of my fire watch shift and I just hear... Boom! And the whole ground just shakes under me. And I'm like, what? That shit wakes me the fuck up. And all I hear is just, they, they're just react. I'm thinking like, oh shit, are we actually taking contact right now? Because we actually got briefed that like, there's ISIS in fucking Indonesia. So wow. I'm thinking we're like, oh shit, this would be really shitty because all I have in my gun are blanks. <laughs> so that would be a really <laughs> shitty situation if that actually nice happened. Firewatch, by the way. <laughs> nice firewatch. Like, hey, I'm going to shoot at this fucking ISIS fighter with blanks if he bang, comes around. Bang. Bang, nothing's gonna come out of the fucking barrel because it's blanks. Oh, shit, they might see something and just take cover. But yeah, those guys are cool. They're fucking crazy, but they're ultimately cool dudes. We got drunk in the middle of the field and fucking ISIS fighters just dancing. You know, we had a we had one of my uh one of my other Marines that's from um I think he was from Cuba, Cuba. He was singing freaking uh, Despacito. I think I showed you that video. Oh, <laughs> he's, yeah. he, he's singing Despacito, and the fucking and the fucking Indonesian Marines are just clapping and dancing. Just, it, it was a good time, man. It was a good time. Building relationships. That's what that is. Building yeah. relationships with your NATO allies. Getting drunk. That's part of it. Training is part of it, but also breaking bread and having fun is part of it too. At yeah. the end of the day. But yeah, that was probably the most memorable part of my deployment was fucking getting drunk off of. Cheap, warm Indonesian beer in the middle of fucking in the middle of the field, and fucking just falling asleep, buzzed as fuck, in my fucking little sleeping bag because that's how you sleep in the field. But yeah, that was that was, that's definitely the most memorable part of my deployment. Just going on that little uh, mission, going from Singapore to Indonesia, and then after that, we did a little 
Uh, <laughs> we had a little bit of liberty in Ukraine. I mean, not Ukraine. Fucking Ukraine. I, was fucking, <laughs> I don't know why I fucking said Ukraine. I guess because I'm looking at it right now on the web browser. But we had a little liberty in the Philippines. And that was a fucking wild show. I was literally drunk for two days straight. We had a whole bunch of Marines just doing, this is out doing dumb shit. This is, uh, yeah, I, believe it. I forgot the little port area that's in the Philippines, but somebody would be able to bring it up. Um, but yeah, like, you know, just getting drunk out in the Philippines and fucking some guys like, you know, dealing with the lady boys out there, you know, <laughs> so you got to do the quick grab real quick and make sure that, you know, it's not actually a dude. That you've been kissing up on for the past twenty minutes, and even then, even oh, no. then, if you fall for it, bro, listen, it happens. As, as long as you don't go all the way. Allegedly, you had a guy that went all the way and found out that, that it was actually a dude, but he went with it anyways. But oh my hey, goodness, oh my goodness, yeah, it happens over there, bro. Listen, it's the Philippines, so yeah, that was fun. That was fun, and then like you know, we wrapped up that deployment. Where the snake blood come involved? Bro? Oh yeah, the snake blood. I kind of just ran over that, didn't I? <laughs> But yeah, it's been tradition. Like every every like you know they they let you hold this giant freaking anaconda, or oh whatever my. kind of snake it is. I I think I've showed you that picture before right. of me and six other Marines holding this giant snake, and like yeah, but then um and then like at the end of the day, like I'm it, it's just tradition, man. Because apparently, snake blood is a way to hydrate, like. It's a very hydrating way. In the case that you can't find water, you could drink snake blood and you'll be hydrated. I don't know. That's what they said. Like, and hey. I just drank it and it just tr- tasted like regular blood. Like all, I think all blood tastes the same. All blood kind of tastes like iron. And that's full all it iron, tastes like. Yeah. yeah, full of iron. But yeah, that was fun. I drank snake blood in Indonesia. And, you know, a lot of people can say that. But it was, it was fun. That's crazy. It was fun. That's an interesting experience because it seems like a very interesting thing amongst the Marine Corps. Yeah. And because like, I don't think a lot of Army units go out there. No, definitely not to fucking Indonesia. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe some Army infantry units. I don't fucking know. But yeah, definitely in Korea because I know there's hella Army in Korea. Right. But fucking, yeah, man. I had a good time on my deployments and I got out. Then now I'm in the Army Reserves with your, with your bitch ass. So. <laughs> What? Why? How long were you out? I was out for a solid year. For solid. a solid year, then I was like, damn, I'm getting fat, so I might as well, you know. I thought about joining the Guard, but then I was like, I remember I showed up to the National Guard office one day, and the recruiter wasn't there, so I was like, fuck it. I'll go to the Army office. Then they were like, oh, yeah, man, uh, you can join the, you can, I like, they were really trying to get me to go active duty, and I was like, no, dude, I'm not going back to active duty. You're not playing this fucking game on me again, okay, motherfucker? I already fell for it once. I'm not falling for it twice. And apparently I fell for it twice because I guess I joined reserves. And I'm, and I realized that if I waited a couple of months, I could have gotten the bonus. Like another person that I was talking to the other day was like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, I just waited until they offered me a bonus. I was like, damn, I should have done that. But it's all good. Fuck. You know, you live in like, fuck. I could have gotten like a few thousand dollars for being a weekend warrior. But it's all good. Um, but, yeah, here we are now. Mom. I'm in the reserves and working security, working security for a couple different companies, doing temples and stuff, um, and also trying to get into law enforcement. So that is my background. For all that doesn't know, it literally took the entire length of this freaking podcast to get my entire background <laughs> down because we keep getting off topic. 
Oh, it's yeah. all good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought now. Um, but the reserves. So, in, and when they offered you positions for the reserves, how did you go about that? Well, I was kind of just like, hey, man, wherever you want to send me, I'll go. I really don't freaking care. And that was definitely the dumbest mistake I could have done. I definitely should have thought about it more. But at the same time, I just wanted to get back into the military for some reason. Because I was like, man, this civilian life thing sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. I mean, it's awesome being a civilian and not having to deal with waking up fucking stupid early and having to fucking do PT with your squad and, you know, dealing with fucking, you know, just dumb shit in your chain of command and dealing with fucking working parties and shit, just dumb stuff. But, you know, just definitely transitioning from active duty to civilian. When all you've known is active duty for a few years and you've never really held a job before that, kind of sucks. Yeah, it's a whole different evil. Yeah, exactly. It's a different world. That's why Stan became an AGR. Yeah. Leaving active duty, going on reserve, going back on active duty for the Army Reserve. Hell yeah, and now bro. I want out. Nah, guys, he's going to stay in the military. He's okay. been talking all this shit about the military, but he's actually going to stay. He can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're a 19 Yankee. Supply. Never went cl- to school. Never went to school for it. So, but you're a glorified MP because I'm everyone a glorified believes- MP because everybody treats me like an MP. And you do I, all the MP stuff. And I do all the MP stuff. Even when we went to fucking um the last place we went to AT at, like I was doing fucking MP stuff. So everybody thought I was MP. Like, nah, dude, I am fucking logistics. So. I had no idea. Exactly. Nobody and I'm the guy that's supposed to send you to school. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's the fucking reserves. And I was just having fun with it, man. I was just having fun with it. Everybody's always fucking, everybody's always miserable, especially when we go to AT, new two weeks of bullshit. But hey, man, like you're here and you're going to be back home in two weeks and you're not going to have to deal with the people that you've been seeing for the past freaking two weeks. So have fun with it and just make a game out of it, man. Like that's what I been doing for my for the entire career that i've had so far in the reserves i've just been making a game out of it dude just fucking get involved where you can and just don't be a shitbag because you know i definitely did a good amount of shitbagging in the marine corps so just don't be a shitbag anymore man just at least try to get involved it's the fucking reserves man it's only two weeks i'm not it's only two days a fucking month just do something don't don't be a shitbag yeah what because that's 48 days out of a year yeah, exactly. It's a fucking joke. Like right? I think I'm three years in already. Yeah, because I went in in 2019, and it's already 2022. So I'm pretty much halfway through my sixth year, which is fucking... It's a joke, dude. I'm almost done with all of mine. Nah, because Stan's going to re-enlist, guys. Definitely not. I'm going to take the chance and the shot in the dark for this bullshit that he, I'm doing right now. He's going to re-enlist, and this podcast is going to pop off, and they're going to tell him to take this podcast down. I talk too much shit about he talks Joe too Biden. Much he talks too much shit about the military. He talks too much shit about our commander-in-chief. But everything he says is legitimate because it's all fucking true. We've got a person that don't really care about us in the military. No matter what fucking, what fucking, you know, party fucking bullshit going on. Motherfuckers want to act like it's not true. We really have a president in power right now doesn't fucking care about the military it's weird we're approaching midterms in 2024 and i'm not ready for the fucking mental headache that is about to come as much as everything is me heading now as it is um moving beyond the politics stuff i'm pretty sure we'll jump on it because it's overwhelming 
Some of me on the politics stuff. Um, how about the gun stuff? So we were at the range all damn day today. Homestead Training we Center, South Florida. We were at Homestead Florida. Training Center having fun, and my boy Stan was mad nervous when he had to engage a steel target at 30 yards. I have a lot of ammo that I haven't been using the past few years. Yeah, That's guys. Why. He accumulated a lot of ammo, and he <laughs> sucks at shooting. So God forbid if he ever had to use that ammo against somebody else, Jesus Christ. Good thing he has a lot of it because he's going to be missing a lot. It's not that bad. <laughs> Give me a carbine. I'm like, just hey, fine. guys. We were, Give me a pistol. I need a warm-up. We were warming lot. up, and like, I like, okay, guys, oh, by the way, I'm also a pistol instructor. I'm not the best pistol, pistol instructor. I know there's a lot of guys out there like, oh, yeah, I would only get an instructor that's been to combat. It's like, hey, man, I could teach you how to shoot a pistol. I could teach you how to shoot a pistol accurately and decently. That's like saying you only want a drill sergeant that has a combat patch. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, man, I could teach you I could teach you the art of shooting a pistol. But like, hey, if I like, you know, if I was going into an area like, hey, this is what you do in a gunfight, then obviously I don't know what I'm talking about because I've never been in a fucking gunfight. But yeah, I could teach you how to shoot a pistol. I can teach you how to shoot a pistol accurately, at least. I think I'm decent at, at that. But yeah, my boy Stan was shooting a steel target at 30 yards, and I told him he, he'd get it, and he applied the fundamentals, and he did it. But if you would have seen him at the warm-up, ooh, that was kind of, uh, that was kind of, you know, that was a, that was a, that was a work in progress. But he, but he got better. And he hardcore was, yeah. flinch. Yeah, hardcore flinch. But yeah, uh, talking about the gun stuff, uh, let's talk about how many people bought guns in March of 2020. Let's talk about that. Yeah, a lot of people did. A, a lot, lot of gun of sales, guns. especially in places like California. Why do you think that people were buying guns in March of 2020? Hmm, you know, or just 2020 in general? Uncertainty, uncertainty, certainty. Uh, <laughs> the you know, un, just unknown of what's going to happen, the craziness, and you know, just as we've seen in all the movies. You know, things get crazy and people do crazy things and, you know, you need a gun to, def- you need a gun to defend yourself. Yeah, I think people finally realized that, hey, they saw everything that was going on in cities that were just getting fucked up by the riots back in 2020. And they were like, oh, shit. Like, I may call 911 <laughs> and it might not come. It might not fucking come for a fucking day. If shit really hits the fan. So I might want to protect myself. Just imagine how nice it is that if somebody gives me issues, I can pick up my phone and I can dial three fucking numbers and somebody comes in and helps me. Just imagine how privileged we are when there's people that when some shit happens to them in some fucking court, let's go back to Iraq. There ain't no fucking 911 in Iraq, bro. You're going to fucking die. Yeah. Well, there might be. I don't know. No, there's not. There's, <laughs> not, there's not. Definitely not an equivalent place. Exactly. Like we do now. And it's, um, what's, it's corrupt. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like, we've just been in this little isolated bubble where it's like, yeah, we've been in this part of the world where it's like, we got these two giant oceans just protecting us from everything that's going on. All the issues that we have that we never have to deal with face on and 2020 definitely threw people's mortality in their face back. Hmm. I might want to purchase a firearm and learn how to use it. And that's why you had lines, lines of people purchasing guns. Yeah. It was like the biggest, I think all of 2020 was like the 
the, the the highest rate of background checks conducted every month of 2020. Yeah, exactly, because he had fucking lines outside of gun stores, bro, and just concealed carry classes that I was helping helping uh, helping out with. Just fucking just concealed carry class that would usually be like a handful of people, maybe three, four, six at the most. Suddenly having 30, 40, 50 people in these fucking concealed carry classes. It's like, damn, dude. Only thing is, a lot of those people, they get their concealed carry and they're like, you know what? I'm good. You know what? If something ever comes my way, I have this little freaking piece of polymer or whatever the fuck guns are made of nowadays. Usually polymer if you're rocking a Glock. Hashtag to all my Glock fans. Like, this little piece of something on me that, in the case that I ever need to use it, I could aim it at somebody and press the little trigger and shoot them. Yep. But no, that's not how it works, y'all. Y'all need to continue training. Y'all need to understand that if you shoot somebody, you could fucking go to jail too. So yep. yeah, definitely. No, the legal ramifications of everything because everything every every action has a reaction. Um, but yeah, it is that assurance to if you possess a firearm, carry it on yourself, or have it in your home that you can defend yourself in case if there's a situation where you have to, because nine one one is not. Plant it should not be the main pri- the main the main thing that you want to focus on or rely on. Exactly, it's, it's I'm calling like I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to action first, and then call number one afterwards. That's I'm not saying I'm gonna go kill someone, like not like that. But like if someone comes to my house, I'm not gonna just call nine one one and just hide in my closet. Like I'm gonna assess the threat and deal with the threat as exactly. needed. Exactly, I don't want to shoot somebody. Like, obviously, I don't want to shoot somebody. People are like, oh, yeah, you're always posting pictures. You're always posting pictures and videos of you shooting at the gun range. You must really want to get in the gunfight. No, motherfucker. I don't want to fucking no, get into fun. a shoot gun targets. I don't want to get into a gunfight in fucking on the streets and have to cause great bodily harm or death to another human being. Right. Do you know, like, the psychological ramifications, the legal ramifications of that that could come down the pipe? It's like, yeah, you got a lot of these fucking people that fucking, and I'm not going to, I'm going to say that a lot of these people are generally on the right. I'm not trying to fire fucking shots at my fucking, at fucking people on the right, because next thing you know, people are going to be like, oh, Ted's a fucking liberal. Most fucking hate fucking uh, whatever. But yeah, like a lot of people are like, oh man, I wish a motherfucker would. It's like, you you fucking wish a motherfucker would what? Like, come on, dude. You really want to get into a situation where you got to shoot somebody? I hope a motherfucker wouldn't. But however, if in a situation, then mm, you're going to deal with the consequences. Sorry. That's true. Not that I, I don't hope for those things. However, I'm going to deal with the things that go to work as necessary. People need to know that, hey, man, if you end up having to use your firearm, there's a big chance that. You might go to fucking jail and you might have to deal with getting sued and you might have to face even a fucking manslaughter charge, man. Like, hey, and if you don't have the assets to fight that, like, bro, you might just end up fucking catching catching charges for that, man. So my biggest thing is like, hey, man, avoid using your fucking firearm. Be very proficient at it because obviously in a situation where, you know, guys coming at you for knife or guys coming at you for gun. And then, you know, there's nothing else that you could resort to. The firearm is the absolutely last resort. Right. There's a use of force continuum. They teach in law enforcement. The same thing with the yeah, MP exactly. Court. Use like, of force continuum. Verbal persu- de- de-escalation is the main thing. However, 
it can go from zero to 100 real quick. Exactly. Ob- you obviously, before you even get to utilization of deadly force, there's uh, presentation of deadly force, but it can jump from making contact and verbal persuasion exactly. to all of a sudden uh, uh, to utilization. So, I mean, there's, there's, and that's why scenario based training is important. Yeah. But you want to use that use of force continuum. You want to use these one, two, three before you get to the next following steps. Exactly. Which could be deadly force. And once again, I get it. Florida has a stand your ground law, but if you have an avenue to which you could detach from the situation, just fucking leave. You don't need to fucking stand your ground unless you're in your house or in your vehicle where you're pretty much pinned up against a corner. But if you could fucking just leave the situation and not have to worry about anything else going on, fucking leave the situation, bro. Don't try to be a hard ass. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to fucking plant my foot right here. Mm-hmm. But obviously situations dictate and stuff happens. But my first avenue is going to be like, hey, man, before you even try to use any force, just fucking leave the situation. If, if you have the option to, if you're getting robbed, obviously, if you're fucking getting mugged, fucking like, you know, some guy's fucking got a knife to you. Some guy's got a fucking, some guy's threatening, threatening you for fucking gun. Obviously, you got to take the necessary measures. But if you have the option to just leave the situation before it gets before it gets kinetic, just fucking leave. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's been within the side of the confines of your house. I think that's absolutely. Yeah, obviously, if I like, like yeah, if a if a if a if a motherfucker's inside your house with a fucking gun. Like, knife. that door was for your safety, not exactly, mine. Exactly, bro. It's like, yeah, you're going to get shot. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's no, there's no like, avoiding that. You're probably going to get shot. So, yeah. Yeah, this is crazy. The gun world and the gun laws. It's funny because, like, you got states, like, with stand your ground laws, and you got some states that are, like, that have duty to retreat laws. Oh, yeah, duty to retreat. Which is, that's astronomically just... And once again, there's an argument. Like, you know, I also be like, hey, man, like, you know, if you have an avenue out, take that avenue out. Sure. As long as it ensures your safety and the safety of the people that you love and that are around you, yeah, man, take that avenue out. Get the fuck out of that situation. But duty to retreat is like, eh, yeah, I guess. I, 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 I could kind of understand that, but once again, every situation is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Just... But once again, firearm is a last resort. And keep in mind, you could have the nicest gun in the world. You could have a staccato STI with a fucking Trijicon fucking armor red dot and a, a surefire dagger. Or a whole bunch of fucking Gucci shit. It doesn't matter if you don't train with it. If 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 you have a nice ass gun and all you're doing is posting pictures on Instagram and Snapchat of it. And I don't that and you're not fucking training with it, that fucking shit's a paperweight. Fucking the person that you're fighting with is gonna fucking kill you with a fucking high point. Or a fucking I don't know. Yeah, you you're gonna die if you don't train. That's that's a simple way. You're probably gonna die if you don't train. So make sure that you go out there, you go out there, you get good instructors, veteran instructors, obviously. Understand what this person's about and like and that's uh, that's another thing too. It's like a lot of people are like veteran instructors. It's like, hey, how are you gonna vet your instructors? You know. Um, I don't know. If someone's just 
that has clear, concise information that could break things down in a meaningful manner to understand safety tactics. Tactics it could be a wide range of things. However, you does decipher that. Yeah, exactly. But veteran in classifying as what? Exactly. And it's like, what does that mean? Vetting is like, you know what vetting is. You know, you're going to um, verify. It's kind of like verify. I, I don't know. Vetting. Vetting is basically, you're. it's pretty much watching somebody. Like watching somebody, seeing what they're about, seeing how they are, and looking somebody up and seeing their background but that could be the determined by the instructor and the person that's teaching the class and this person that's if, true. then the individual like that person has to determine whether this someone this someone is has reliable information and i get that like if you're going to a course and it's like it's like let me see if it's like a course that's based on like oh yeah what to do in a gunfight and he and, and the instructor hasn't been in a gunfight himself it's like, okay, uh, this guy's never been into a gunfight, so I don't think I want to take this course on how I would, you know, react in a gunfight to a guy. That's the main, well, once again, going back to that same thing, it's like, hey, like, there's a lot of guys out there that are like, I wouldn't go to a course with a guy that's never been in a, been in a gunfight. It's like, okay, well, then, like, you could still go to, like, a a pistol course just with a guy that'll teach you how to get rounds on target accurately. And like, there's a lot of people out there also that are doing drills that don't really make fucking sense. Like fucking, um, what's his name? Um, that major was that dude. He doesn't do gun stuff, but it's like self-defense stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Detroit dust. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Detroit urban survival tactics. <laughs> Today, I will teach you how to increase your survivability by doing these certain steps. Yeah, you got some wacky people out there. If someone has a gun to your chest, all you got to do is pull the slide back and take it out of battery, and it won't shoot. And then you can turn this gun around and aim it at them. No, motherfucker, that's not how it works in real life. You're going to get fucking shot. <laughs> if someone is fucking, like, if someone has a gun to your fucking chest, your best bet is just give them whatever you fucking got, dude. Like, it's like, hey, man, it's not worth it's not worth like you know getting shot and what's funny is that i'm sitting here as a walking contradiction i just told people if you're getting mugged shoot a guy but hey like if some guy comes up to you and he's you just trying to do to, what you have to do to defend yourself exactly the exactly like, and then like you know he's trying to take your fucking wallet he's, he's like hey man give me your wallet all right bro here you go i don't want to get shot your fucking sub second draw time is not gonna matter when this guy's got a fucking gun right to your fucking back okay you're sure. not gonna draw you're not gonna turn around fucking do some 360 john wick shit in a sub second you're gonna die most likely i don't know i don't know that's just my opinion urban survival detroit urban survival tactics <laughs> that, that, that's so funny how yeah. how it blew up and just kind of went everywhere and like now i haven't heard anything in a but, while about that guy yeah man because he blew up like that's the thing like people talk people talk a lot of shit about him but that dude knows how to fucking market dude like he was just on that one fucking uh he was just collaborating with that one ufc fighter and yeah dude he really knows how to market that's why he's blown up that's why a lot of people are going to him that's the thing it's like hey man like you may talk all the shit about him but hey man this guy's a businessman at the end of the day so but yeah stan tell me about your experience at the ranch today Oh, it was very interesting. So I, I liked it. I think like you have a good concept of it and you can make a great market out of it. 
Um, similar to some of the classes I've taken with Fieldcraft Survival, which is holla, good courses to take. But there's a lot of people out there that do good things. Um, but I think the class focused on a lot of... It could be anyone from basic, um, no skills, to some basic, intermediate, or high level of skill. And it was a very good crawl, walk, run method to, to some warm-ups and fundamentals with the pistol. And then, and then you ran a couple of drills, and the drills got more elaborate and complex. And then we applied the, we added a rifle to the pistol, and then we closed it off with some concealment stuff. And I thought it was a very great. Well, how long were we out there? Four hours. We we were out there from like you know I think we went hot at around two p.m. Okay. Because I think it took us a little bit to, a little bit of time to set up the rain and stuff, and we went cold around like. 440, 440 yeah. yeah yeah so, we, so that was so a good we few hours that flew by and we were just doing exactly. a lot that shit of stuff flew by. Yeah. we weren't bullshitting we weren't just sitting around talking we were just exactly. running we, the whole time we were doing some good training and then you know that's the same way that i that's the same way that i like whether i'm doing like a legitimate class or i'm just at the range today just trying to get some good training out with with the boys it's always going to be crawl, walk, run. We're not going to fucking go out there and do that same drill that we were doing where you where you engage the steel at 35 yards and then run up and engage the other one because you, your shots will be everywhere if you don't warm up, if you don't get the kinks out, if you because obviously you haven't shot in a minute. Like, uh, well, in a fucking real-world scenario, there's no such thing as a warm-up. But since we're just yeah. out here on the range training, I'm going to fucking incorporate a, a crawl, walk, run concept. Yeah. Same thing with rival. Same thing with pistol. Like, just get out there, get get some training in. Focus on the fundamentals. If it like if if you are a newer shooter, if you just got into guns like last year, twenty twenty, you should still be focusing on the fundamentals at the end of the day, because the fundamentals are what wins the fight at the end of the day. Like if you it goes a like, long way. Exactly. And obviously, you know if if you're fucking shooting at a guy that's fucking five feet in front of you in a self-defense situation the fundamentals really don't fucking matter as long as you aim the gun in the in the dude's way in the dude's um path but you can find yourself in a situation where you're shooting at a guy fucking 10 yards away and if you don't have solid fundamentals man you might end up shooting somebody that didn't need to get shot and then that comes with it all all of its own ramifications from that yeah. end so yeah make sure you get out there make sure you get training uh, get training from good people. Um, if you are in the South Florida area, there's a lot of people that you could train with, man. Uh, T-Tog, LLC, uh, Ready and Able Defense. There's a whole bunch of people that you could train with down here, man. Paradox training. And like, just go out there and get training. Go out there, hit the range, and find it's some good instructors. It's fun, man. It's fun. If, you're, if you carry a gun every day... You need to be training at least once a month. I don't give a fuck if you don't got time, motherfucker. If you don't got time, don't carry the fucking gun. Go out there and train if you're fucking carrying a gun every single day. That's yeah. simple. Yeah, no, it was very good. I, I liked it. Like, it was very similar to a lot of the field crowds, of course, that I take where they, they, they do this crawl, rock, run method. And it was good. It was fun. You know, I like the whole we used where we used the pistol and transition, or no, we used the rifle and then transition to pistol. Uh, failure drills, all of that. That was that was different. That was new to me, and that was very interesting because all the classes I've taken before was focused on just pistol or mm -hmm. rifle mm -hmm. or long range stuff, and this one was just you know it was a mix. So it was very interesting. Like, are you gonna fix the jam? 
take the time to fix the jam, or you can draw the pistol and eliminate the threat, then deal with your personal problem later, or deal with the problem in front of you. And everything that I was going through, all the drills that I was going through in that class, I've got it from other instructors. It wasn't me. I got it from other instructors. You hear a lot of instructors that love to fucking toot their own horn and act like the main thing that you need to ask your instructor is who is their instructor? What classes have they been to in the past? Because if they're just teaching you shit that they've learned off of YouTube, keep in mind, you could you could learn a whole bunch of stuff off of YouTube at the end of the day. YouTube yeah. is fucking you can learn anything about fucking guns and shooting and small unit tactics and fucking doing a whole bunch of fucking cool goofy shit off of YouTube at the end of the day but if you don't have a primary instructor that you go to that kind man that kind of just like denounces you i think like you're like damn like yeah you've got all this practical stuff that you've learned online but what have you learned from other people at the end of the day it like it, if you're an instructor and you don't have an instructor yourself like that automatic like eh I don't know if you're a good instructor, man. I don't know because you've never been to classes yourself. You've never really learned anything yourself. And you really don't have any practical. You have a whole bunch of of theoretical knowledge off of YouTube. But you don't have any practical stuff that you've learned from a real class. So that's just that's what I, that's just what I have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to find you gotta go take the courses and find someone that you like and someone that you trust and and then go to those courses personally and then no it was good stuff today i think it was, it was really it was fun time today, flew by good training today and also people if you're gonna go to a range especially if it's an outdoor range that you could you know do um shooting and moving and stuff incorporate shooting and moving don't just stay a gunfight's probably not gonna be static like, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's probably not going to be static. I mean, like, maybe maybe if you're just sitting in one spot and you end up capping a dude, but chances are you might have to move. So incorporate some shooting and moving. And once again, this is coming from a guy that's never been in a gunfight, so don't quote me. Well, it's always going to move because, yeah, yeah that's, not, that's just combat, right? You're, like, yeah. you're, you're moving forward to take objectives and move forward. Yeah, exactly. And especially in a situation where you're training out of range, it builds... Like it, like once again, you got a higher heart rate, so that builds up the stress of the situation. And if you could perform in that environment and you get the repetition down pat, you will most likely be able to perform whenever, whenever the, uh, whenever the theoretical actually becomes practical. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was good stuff. I liked it. I like to take a look at that. 500 yard range though next time. Oh yeah, man! Like I've never been on the 500 yard range on Homestead Training Center. But I love just hearing it. Like, you know, I just I just hear the fucking the fucking people shooting and especially when they're shooting suppressed, it's like fucking it's it's like whack and then it's like you hear the bullet travel, it's like shoom, bing. Yeah, that 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 delay, which is very interesting because that ding ding Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I gotta get a suppressor for that six five creed more that I got. That'd be interesting. Yeah, you're talking about the six five creed more that you've never shot. I shot no, that's the other one. (laughs) I've got two. I'm just busting your that one I gotta go zero in and then yeah I'll take it in. I should take it in today. I just yeah I didn't want to take the time to zero anything today. But yeah, had some good stuff, man. Definitely had some fun today. But yeah. Yeah no it was good. I want to do it more often. 
you should make we should for whatever make a business out of it oh yeah stan wants to start a firearms training business y'all so make money moves in life yeah, yeah, make we'll, yeah we're money. all trying to make money moves and i'm definitely down with it most definitely but he doesn't want to give me more of his ammo stash that he's got because he's got a whole fuck ton of ammo and he doesn't want to share it Hey, it's getting close to I'm burning it, and then I have to look at purchasing more. And if the ammo, I don't think ammo is gonna get as bad as it did in 2020. By the no, way. but it hasn't gotten much better. I was just looking at a deal today. We're just like, look at this deal. And it was like for a thousand rounds of five, five, six, fifty-five grain. It was like six forty. And I'm like, it's again, man. But you gotta shoot that ammo though. You gotta yeah. shoot. You gotta shoot some of that ammo. You gotta. Be... I don't want to run dry though. What's up? Y'all don't want to run to the point where I'm dry. Then I'm like, obviously oh, you don't want to run ammo. to the point where you're dry, but you have to be. Personally, there was a point where I was going to the range, at least. I was going to the range every fucking week, dude. But yeah, that shit obviously burns a lot of money. Yeah, I was doing, when I was in Iowa before fucking 2020 happened, I was going at least once a month, generally twice a month, and I was buying ammo from, oh my god, where was I buying it from? Um, Bulkammo.com, a few different places. But it was relatively cheap, it wasn't that expensive a hot. It wasn't that bad. Then March 2020 happened, and then the market got stupid, and then it hasn't really recovered, despite us kind of gravitating away from COVID and things like that. It hasn't really gotten much better. 300 Blackout is still like a dollar thirty around. 6.5 Creedmoor, is, it's close to that. Well, I don't have a 300 Blackout or 6.5 Creedmoor, so I guess I don't got to worry about that. Well, and then even 5.56, right? It's still for like a 1,000 rounds. You're looking at like, you you I haven't seen anything below like six hundred dollars that's a lot of money brother for 300 or for five five six i was usually buying it for about 300 to 330 on the high side for a thousand rounds and now it's twice crazy though at the end of the day i think nine mil that price was skyrocketing Oh, skyrocketing. What the fuck is the word rocketing, man? I'm getting all these words fucked up. Yeah, today. we make new words. Skyrocketing. Shit was fucking motherfuckers were selling a box of nine mil for fifty bucks. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, there's some deals I've seen going on for like a dollar around. Fucking for like crazy, nine dude. mil, and you're just like fifty bucks for fifty rounds. Like that's a fucking yeah, horseshit of a wild. deal. I'm not spending that. That's crazy. Like that's just pissing away money, really. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I should have probably picked up that brass today. <laughs> That's the only downside, right? If you want to reload, because I'm trying to do reloading too. Um, is the the picking up the brass, which can be kind but of. But I think you sense. might want to get better at shooting pistol before you start reloading. No, you're right. No, you're right. I gotta go out there more. You shoot a lot more than me. How many times have you shot in the last 365 days? Sheesh. Once a month, every other month. At least once. <laughs> All right, that's a little more. That's a little more frequent than what I've done the last two years. I know, man. I know. I'm just messing with no, I know, that's, and that's my fault too, because now I've developed bad habits, and it's been a while. So you know, I gotta, and I gotta, and that's the problem. It's really hard when you have to, when you develop bad habits in anything. They have to break through that. That's hard. Yeah, exactly. You, you work out a certain way, and someone's like, "Hey, do it like this. This is how you actually yeah. activate those muscles." And you're like, "Oh, I feel. Oh, this is hard." Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can't do it like I used to because I wasn't doing it properly. Yeah, exactly. Same way. Like, you know, if you fucking, if I fucking went to the gym with you and you told me to do this, I'd be like, fuck. Like, I've been doing, I'm doing so used to fucking just doing fucking just burpees and push ups. Right. And going on runs and shit that I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know about this. But yeah, 
when it comes to shooting, at the end of the day, like, yeah, like, I feel like your your main problem is that you were just trying to keep up with moving too quick and Jose. Yeah, moving too quickly rather than take. And I see it with everybody. I see it with everybody that I shoot with, especially when I'm not coaching them directly. I'm shooting with them. Like, you know, I'm moving at this speed and you're trying to keep up with that speed because you don't want to be the last one. But then you got to realize, okay, I haven't been at the range in a minute, so I might want to slow down and just focus on my fundamentals at the end of the day because that's what it comes down to is the fundamentals. So Yeah. Yeah. Message fundamentals, and it goes a long way. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Yeah, bro. How long have we been fucking going for? An hour and 40 minutes. Jesus Christ, man. I think that's that's a good place to leave it off. Yeah, you want to end it off from here? Yeah, All yeah. Right. Any closing statements? Uh, I know you no. usually ask me to yeah, close my statement. first special <laughs> guest today has a lot going on with him, and we'll probably do more on this in the future. Yeah. Just know that everyone, he has a sparkle in his eye and the softest hands I've ever touched. Anything you want to add to this? Softest hands, motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck do you want to... <laughs> the sparkle in the eyes is what gets you. Yeah, guys. Um, all I got to say is... Um, if you own a gun, get training. Um, think about stuff before you say them, because I feel like there's a lot of people just spouting shit out of their ass, and they're like, "Oh, that's just my opinion." It's like, no, man. Like, there's facts out there, and I know I've probably spouted some shit out my ass, but once again, that's why I always say. Hey, man, I heard this from someone, and this is right. allegedly. I'm not saying anything like it's fact, because I don't know if it's fact or not, you know? So definitely think about stuff before you before it exits your mouth, by the way. Yeah, but always. Yeah. And get training. Get training if you carry a gun every day. That's yeah, it. that's a good way to end it right there. Yeah. To all of you fucking sons of bitches out there, get fucked.